Welcome back to Don't Call It a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. Finishing up Sword of Destiny today. The full half, the, the, the second half of the book, we have finished. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, Luke, first we got to talk about something else that's urgent. Okay. And w- this is a hot take. We're definitely going to alienate some listeners with this one, but it's got to be said. That's, the, that's what we're here for. It's got to be said. Uh, Harry Potter. This is about Harry Potter. So I guess spoilers, but come on. Come on. <laughs> uh, Harry Potter deserves to be in prison forever. You mean the, okay, the character Harry Potter deserves it, to be in prison. Precisely. Human prison or wizard prison? Wizard prison. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's Azkaban, for sure. Okay. Tell me why. Harry Potter. There's, there's a cover-up that has been going on in the Harry Potter universe for a long time, and I'm sick of it. And so today we're going to bust this thing wide open. Okay, to be clear, do you mean cover-up inside the Harry Potter universe, as in the characters are covering something up, or the readers are covering something up? I'm going to say both. But I'm more more so that the readers are ignoring key pieces of evidence that require Harry Potter to go to prison forever. Okay. And the thing that Harry Potter did that deserves to go to prison are casting unforgivable curses on people. Here's what I mean. Okay, so there's three unforgivable curses, right? There is Imperio, which allows you to basically mind control someone. There's Crucio, which is a torture curse. And there's, you know, the most famous one, Avada Kedavra, which kills someone. Mm-hmm. These are unforgivable curses. And if you cast one of these, the sentence is life in prison in Azkaban. Okay? That's, that's the rule. This is what the wizarding world has decided about these curses. They're so bad that there is no circumstance where they're okay. Harry's two for three with these unforgivable curses. And it's like, we read that he does these things. It's not even hinted. It's not hinted. It's not an external material. It's in the books that Harry casts. So Harry casts the Crucio curse at Bellatrix, I'm pretty certain. But but the one that really is obvious, the one that I remember most distinctly, is the Imperial curse he puts on the goblin in... Uh, Gringotts when they're doing right. when they're infiltrating Gringotts and Harry casts the Imperial curse and I don't know why Hermione doesn't turn around and say dude what the fuck what what's going on why why is everybody cool with this <laughs> what Whew. this is tough like okay. okay because I can hear your I can hear it I can hear the voice that it wants to support Harry Potter that's like oh there's no other way he had to this is for the greater good blah 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 you know whose reasoning is the exact same Voldemort the greater good we've got to do this evil so we can have the greater good okay right. I think I think it's even Grindelwald I think his his phrase is ba- is the greater good I was Grindelwald from the new the new ones yeah yeah uh, okay, okay, gotcha. Okay, sure. And he's the bad one? He's the... Grindelwald? I can't believe you don't know this. No. Grindelwald is the baddie before Voldemort. Okay, okay. See? See? <laughs> what, what, so we're making excuses for Harry? Come on! <laughs> Here's the reason why there's a cover-up, Luke. I, I was 
I was a little concerned before I even brought this up that maybe maybe I was wrong. Maybe I misremembered. Maybe Harry didn't cast one of these unforgivable curses. So I went to the wiki for these curses and looked him up to see, you know, who cast them and when. And there is mention of Harry Potter casting the Crucio curse, but it's also quickly stated that, oh, it didn't really affect Bellatrix, so it was it was chill, kind of. And then on the page for the Imperious curse, you have to scroll all the way down to a table that's like, list of people who've cast this curse, and then Harry Potter's in the table. But it's not mm. anywhere. There's like a section that is um, like uses and like notable uses of this curse. Not in there anywhere. Oh, that's interesting because that would be a very notable use. Yeah. I remember reading that when I read this book for the first time as like a, I was either in like middle school or high school. I was shocked when this happened. I like remember reading this and thinking, oh my God, Harry, what are you doing? Yeah. Unforgivable. Okay. okay. Yes. I agree with you. Harry needs Harry needs to be punished for this. I think there could be an argument for not necessarily life in prison. But I will say there's no punishment for him. No repercussions. Zero. And and here's why I think there's a cover up in the magic world. You know this goblin is like, hey, everybody, I know that everybody loves Harry Potter and he's great and all, but that one time, he definitely cast the Imperious curse on me. He's he's gonna, this goblin's gonna come forward. Maybe we just haven't gotten in the Harry Potter universe yet. We haven't gotten to the point where there's a a movement that makes people come forward about these kind of things. Right, right. Yeah, a, a movement. But we need to. We absolutely need to. Um, because it's... They're not called unforgivable for no reason. It's going to be... It's going to be tough. And, you know, Harry Potter's going to die eventually. And hopefully we know this. The The world as a whole knows this about him. Mm. And it's going to be tough to wrestle with the good things that he's done versus the bad things. Do we celebrate Harry Potter? Yes, but we also notice his flaws. We've got to remember that Harry Potter is just a human, just like everybody else. And and he used an unforgivable and curse. Used an unfor- Actually, you know what? No, I'm not going to give... No, because who else used an unforgivable curse? Not Hermione. Mm-mm. Ron? Nope. People in the Order of the Phoenix? I don't think we saw any other instance there. Harry... What? Harry went rogue. Who else has Harry used the the Imperial Curse on? I've got a list. Do you want me to tell you? Okay. Okay. The my my point is not necessarily. I'm not specifically asking you because oh. there is a list of people that he has. But there's also we we don't know how many other people he's done this to. Oh, this is a brilliant Hermione's point. been under Imperial Curse for the whole story. No, Luke. <laughs> Luke, this is. We're getting into some pretty deep conspiracy territory. So I think That's... I think here is where we throw it to the listeners. I think this is okay. going to this is going to require too much work for us to do. Right. So I, we need to I throw was, it to our listeners to be clear, here. To be clear, joking about Hermione being under Imperius curse. I mean, we don't know. Right, we don't know. 
but uh, if there's any likely suspects for people that Harry may have done this on, I'd like to know about it. I'd I'd love to know about it. I think some tweets to us would be great. Um, I mean, we'll be sure to reach out to our sources as well and try and get some more information. Perhaps we'll have an update on this in a future episode. But I think it, it just casts Harry in such an unflattering light, you know. When yeah. You think about the this fact is given. That... This has given me a lot to think about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I will say this at like now that we're gonna move on, but but I'll say this. I don't think life in prison for Harry would be really all that bad for the Wizarding World, because Voldemort's already dead. So what? We don't really need Harry anymore. Like he's cool and all, but. You know, we got to show that nobody's above the law. Mm-hmm. So we don't need Harry Potter to solve problems anymore. It's not going to have a big impact. Right. Might as well use him as an example. I mean, fair. I, so I say lock him up for good. And uh, lock, start a lock him up chant, Dan. That. Yeah, that'll go well. <laughs> okay, let's 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 move on. I, I'm I'm glad you brought that up. Let's talk about Geralt. Let's talk about Geralt, the last half of Sword of Destiny. We've got we've got a few stories in here that we can talk about. Mm-hmm. The first one is this kind of weird mermaid slash fish people story. Yeah, which was which was interesting. I'm gonna start off with. Dandelion is a very satisfying character to me because part of him, I feel like, is there to voice my frustrations at Geralt because Dandelion kind of roasts Geralt a few times. Yes, 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 yes. Just so satisfying. Because Dandelion doesn't see Geralt as like a scary witcher or as like a super capable superhero Dandelion sees Geralt as a dude who can't get over Yennefer for anything and just like his bud. So Dandelion tells it straight literally every time. And you're like, thank you, Dandelion. And he's so insightful. Yes. Yes. And Geralt's like, oh, you're just a singer. You just hook up with chicks and drink all day. You don't know anything. And Dandelion's like, no, dude, I've seen some shit. Yeah. Listen to Dandelion a little bit more, Geralt. You'll know yourself better. Do some introspection. Have a have a nice heart to heart with Dandelion more often. You know, it's like a little therapy session, and it, you definitely need those, Geralt. Everybody obviously. does. You've, well, I think Geralt especially. I, I'll say mm-hmm. everybody does, but Geralt especially because Geralt's got some trauma. Okay, he does. Uh, Dandelion seems like a great a great outlet, a great way to work this out. You know. <laughs> So, the thing with this mermaid chapter that we need to talk about, though, how did the Duke, how did the Duke meet this mermaid? How did that whole interaction start? Because we are introduced to the Duke and the mermaid with them at an impasse. Mermaid is trying to get the Duke to grow a fishtail and come live with her. Duke is trying to get the mermaid to grow human legs and come live with him. And Geralt's stuck in the middle, trying to reach a compromise, which obviously how 
they, there's no compromise of that. It's not like, oh, I have legs Wednesday, Thursday, and then you have a fishtail Friday, Saturday, and then weekdays we are separate. That's not, there's no way that that would work. Okay, okay. Maybe that would work. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, depending on the difficulty of these spells and this transformation, I feel like that might be a good move. You think, oh, actually, so I was going to make a different point, but this could be a, I think this is much more important. We were operating under the assumption in the book that it was one or the other. Por que no las dos? You, here's what you do. You give the Duke gills, fish gills, so he can go underwater. And then you give the mermaid legs. And then they just, like, spend... Occasionally they're on land. Occasionally they're on the sea. They're in the sea. They trade off. You know, it's a nice compromise. Wait, so are you saying... Are you saying the mermaid always has legs? And the the baron... Or... or I forget his position, but he always has gills? I mean... Okay, 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 okay. I would say that you could, like, alternate... But it seems like that's that's it. for some reason that seems harder to do. Than... It seems okay. Well, the the this we don't know how hard this is to do. I'm assuming that they that you can do this with like a sorcerer or something. Maybe you have to pay them each time you're doing this transition, which mm. can get expensive. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you do. I don't know if you try to meet in the middle and, like, both have legs and both... Because that feels like the worst of both worlds to me. Isn't that, isn't that what compromise is, though? <laughs> Fair point. Uh... Okay, okay, okay. Here's... I got another solution. The Duke goes swimming during a full moon, hopes to get bitten by a werefish. Ooh. Okay. Sure. Duke becomes a werefish, you know, every full moon. Duke goes swimming with the fishies. Loving it. Loving it. And then full moon's over. All right, time to go back on land. Okay, yeah, let's say let's say that that's a good solution. But okay, I'm I'm going to jump since we're talking about this. I'm going to jump up to my last note on this story. But I have a couple more that I want to talk about that's more in the middle of the story. Okay, yeah, I do too. The the ending of this story is that the mermaid gets legs. That's that's oh that's terrible for me. I hated the ending. I hating the I hated the end of of this story so much for a lot of reasons. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna just talk about the the yes. mermaid getting legs. Yes. Ending. Okay. First of all, we've talked about this for a few minutes, but. The the culmination of their relationship means nothing to me. No. I didn't care about it at all. That should not be the the big thing at the end of this story. This is this is kind of like we talked about we talked about big reveals being really insignificant in uh-huh. these books. Uh-huh. This feels like another one of those. That's like, okay. <laughs> 
I guess they're going to be happy. No, but they're not. But they're hella not going to be happy because the Duke is an asshole and the mermaid has no regard for his time or feelings. They're going to be miserable together. Yeah. I, the, the other thing is that this happens right when the Duke has reached like full assholeness because he's right before she walks in, he talks about how they're going to like eradicate these fish people. Yeah. Yeah. And I was expecting when she came in for her to be like, wow, I was going to come over to you, but now I'm not after hearing that. But no. She's cool with it. She's cool with it. Very unsatisfying ending to me. Yeah, no, it's insane. Like, they're n- this is going to not work out. And she's going to be like, wow, I'm stuck with these stupid dangly things on the bottom of my torso now for nothing. Yeah. I mean, but she's got sweet boobies, though, so... <laughs> That was just, that was brought up a lot, I'll say. In a lot of of stories throughout these books. And I'll say this, Luke, I've been been playing the first Witcher game a little Mm -hmm. bit to kind of get a a little bit of extra background for this story. And uh, so the first Witcher game came out in 2008. So the graphics leave a little bit to be desired. But the graphics that they did not skimp on were the booby animations. And so you'll be like walking in a cutscene and talking to a f- any female character, and their breasts will be like bouncing all over the screen. Frankly, it's distracting. Uh, and I think they they put the bounce factor a little too high because in some scenes, it's it's like that's they got a couple of bouncy balls in there that are just <laughs> bouncing around. They're made of flubber because they're just all over the place. Okay, so so Witcher Witcher books and Witcher video games sound like they're way overboard in in catering to male fantasies. At yeah. least Witcher the game one because we haven't you haven't played two or three I'm guessing I haven't either. I think I played the second one, but it's been it's been a while. It's been a while. Okay, okay. Noted. Uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep us on this story mm-hmm. a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Essie, I think is how it's pronounced. Yes. The, this is the, Little I? Yeah. Yeah. Little I. Yeah. The poet. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's the scene where they're at this party and Geralt goes out and talks to her for a little bit and uh, sexually assaults her. Yeah. I'll say that. <laughs> and we should say up front, she's described as being barely over 18 and we know Geralt is very old right so right now now we should also say you know there have been other books that we've read where the age gap has been a lot touch of iron pretty big age gap there not saying that's necessarily a big problem because it does say she's over 18 but uh just a little weird maybe sure sure so he he basically sexually assaults her um and then he calls, moments later, calls Dandelion a womanizer, which might be true, but uh, Dandelion always seems to wait for consent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe <sighs> Geralt just... <sighs> this is not even the pot calling the kettle black. This, right. This is like the pot calling just a a regular cereal bowl black 
And it's like, no, dude, I don't, I don't do that. You're, I think you're missing the point, Geralt. You're supposed to, you're supposed to ask first, my dude. This just, I don't, I don't have much more to it. I just, so Geralt is, Geralt frustrates me sometimes. So I'll say this, I'll say this. Maybe we don't have all the context, right? Maybe, maybe there was some nonverbal. Okay, no, this is bad. This is not no, good. No, no. This is not good. <laughs> this is what Because also the way, the yeah. way it said is like, he meant to, he meant to just brush her arm. Yeah. But he found himself violently grabbing yeah. her and pulling her towards him. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. This and, is terrifying. And what they say is that she like leans back from it. Which she, so you could tell she's like not into it, but but there's or at like least a, she's shocked. She's shocked, but it, like the way that they make it okay in the book sphere is that she doesn't like push him away or let go or anything. So that's supposed to be your signal that like oh she's kind of into it. But at the end she's like no I'm not really looking for a dude tonight. So I'll, I'll see you in there. It's like maybe she was terrified. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Because think of what Geralt looks like. I would be terrified. I would not... If I was alone with him on a balcony and he just forcibly kissed me, I wouldn't be like, what the fuck? I'd be like, hey, I'm not really looking for a dude tonight, but uh, I'll see you back in there, bud. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Hey, don't murder me when I say no. Please. (laughs) I'm going to try to protect your feelings so that you don't murder me. Uh, Yeah. That's That's why it was frustrating to me a little bit. When she ended up liking him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, why? Why, Essie? Or Little Eye, whatever your name is. Uh, yeah. See, yeah, because I thought she was going to be a, another, like, similar to Dandelion, where she was calling him on his shit. And I she, was excited for that. Yeah, yeah. And then the, the fact that she turned out to just be, uh, like, kind of into it. Was, and she, like, loved him forever. Yeah. Yeah, that did make the ending super frustrating. When it was like, dude, this he did he didn't do anything for you. And the other thing about it too was like she was super touched by the fact that there was a blue pearl that she thought he brought her, and he took the credit for it. No, that was one hundred percent dandelion. Dandelion was being so thoughtful. Uh huh. He went on this on this dangerous thing with Geralt to get her a gift. And was very, went through, you know, picked up all these guys, went through almost all of them. And they're all like, it says they smell terrible. Mm-hmm. He's like pretty upset that he doesn't find anything good. Yeah. like, <sighs> I am, this, this story frustrated me a yeah. lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dandelion, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. La- well, last thing. We're not gonna, we're not gonna hear more about these fish people. Okay, uh, I'll say this. And this is what you told me at the end of The Last Wish. These are a series of short stories. Right. So, I think we will definitely hear more about these fish people, but not in this book. I I would hope so. Because this sounds like a fascinating culture. Fascinating culture. How are they... How are they making steel swords underwater? Incredible technology down there that I want to hear about. Yep. Yep. The Duke, the Duke immediately thinks I should go to war with these fish people that I've never heard of that just almost destroyed this witcher. 
with their cool armor and weapons and speed. Also, why is there a staircase leading down to their city? What does that mean? That's fascinating. Yeah, okay, good point. It's a short story. I'm I'm intrigued by them. Maybe it's in maybe it's in the novels. Yeah. Maybe eventually we'll see. I hope we get back to the fish people too. Um okay. I'm not ready to leave this story yet. Okay. One quick thing and then a longer thing. Luke, uh we've been looking out for where three jackdaws has been has been hiding out. Mermaid rides on a dolphin at one point for a key plot element. Ooh. Three jackdaws as a dolphin. Okay. I'm just gonna just put that in there. Keep I'll, keep looking I'll, out for I, for the dragon. Uh also sounds right. At one point, Geralt and Dandelion so this story starts with Geralt and Dandelion being pretty poor and then they finally get a job and are pretty hype about it and they uh go up to their room at night there's only one bed in there and i was thinking "Uh uh-oh who's gonna sleep on the floor no two dudes one bed no problem i like that because like they're tired doesn't have to be sexual just comfortable yeah. Just two buds in a bed and they're cool with it. Yeah. I still yeah, I didn't even think about it. It I, wasn't even a big deal to no, me. No, so it was it was not a big deal at all. It was just like mm, I'm really beat. Time to go to sleep. They had a little chat. Wasn't weird at all. Good. Good. Okay. Great, great well, friendship. Last one <laughs> one last thing. Let's not talk about it for long because we've covered it a lot. Yeah, just yeah. Just like the fashion. Get better at negotiating Gerald. Oh, I thought you were going fashion. Oh, okay, that too. But <laughs> yeah, Geralt, negotiating. Geralt's work. worse. Geralt's terrible at negotiating, and uh, he talked about having to sell his gold signet ring, I think, or something like that. So, also supporting our our theory that he's just blinged out this whole time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Are you ready to move on to the next? Story? Yes. 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 Okay, this next one is the the Dryad story, um, which I started off. It's it's we first get introduction to Siri in this story, and there's I think it's pretty heavy handedly. Well, I don't know how heavy handedly, but it's it's pretty easy to deduce that Siri is the child of destiny mm-hmm. that he did this earlier the first thing was just like how did you not figure this out earlier Geralt but well I, Luke, that's, Luke Luke do you know why he didn't figure this out earlier huh because we didn't read all the stories where he would do something for someone and they would say we'll give you anything you want and he would say all right I'll be back in six years for something that you didn't expect when you got home and he's doing this, he's doing this like once a week <laughs> on the off chance that somebody gets home and is like, oh, my goat had babies. So baby goats go to Geralt. <laughs> okay, good point. Geralt's doing this. I'm going to say Geralt's doing this a lot. Geralt's got too many, too many of these destiny things to really keep track. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um Okay, and then, so he's he's being guided through this 
this incredible forest. Really insignificant thing. That sucks that he had to be blindfolded, you know? Yeah. Just like great forest, got giant ancient trees, great visuals out here. Carol's going through blindfold. I feel bad for him. I mean, he. it was only like very briefly that he was blindfolded. So I don't feel okay, fair point. I don't feel that bad for him. He's also like one of the only people ever to see this place. So again, don't feel that bad for him. Okay. That's fair. Um I will say this. Dryad's making fun of him for being not able to have children. Not very nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pretty rude. Sensibaria. Pretty rude, Dryads. I would agree with that. So, other thing is, he has this encounter with this man that he's met before. Mm-hmm. That he has, he has saved from the Dryads, essentially. Mm-hmm. That's the second time he saved him. The first time he saved him was that he, he turned around this spell where this guy had been turned into a a cormorant. Yeah. I don't... That's... I can see why he was thanking him for that. Mm -hmm. But... It sounds cool. Hold hold on. You mean... Being a cormorant... Sounds cool? Yeah. I'm gonna need you... I'm gonna need you to... Give a little more detail here. Okay, cormorants are pretty cool birds. Okay, all right, Luke. Uh... I don't think he was a cormorant for that long. He makes it seem terrible. Yeah. But it's like, all of your family knew that you were a cormorant. <laughs> right? How embarrassing is so that? He's... <laughs> so he's over here getting primetime treatment. Mm. Oh, right? shoot. Okay. He can fly. Yeah. Cormorants, cormorants aren't these little, like, scrub birds. I don't know what a cormorant is, actually. What is a cormorant? It's like a diving bird that dives for fish. Like a duck, kind of? No, I don't think ducks dive for fish. Ducks are, ducks are more the bread type. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't feel... Don't feed bread to ducks. It's not good for ducks. Don't do right, that. Right, right. Okay. But, but I think I would have to make... Sh- okay, let's... Okay, quick, quick interlude here. We're gonna we're gonna cut a couple minutes. Luke's googling look up, cormorant. Look, look up a picture of a of a cormorant. Hold on, Luke. Hold, so what you're telling me is you're already on the side of cormorants, and you don't you don't have a very clear picture of what they look no, like. No, no, no. No, I looked up these when I first saw it because I was like, uh, I'm not sh- positive what a cormorant is. Go- just just Google image search okay, cormorant. I'm gonna do it. And right tell now. me you don't want to be one of these guys. Listener, go ahead and Google image cormorant. Go ahead and Google image cormorant, listener. I'll do it with you. I'm looking right now. Oh, shoot. Oh, this... Am I Am I wrong? Okay, all right. So before I was like, definitely not, being a bird sucks. Now I'm like, mm, that could be fun. Exactly. Oh, there's this picture of two of them on a log that just look like they're <laughs> the best of buds. This is this is terrible. This is bad audio content. But guys, just okay. Spend a little time on the cormorant images. 
Okay, this one looks like it's pretty miserable, though. Okay, 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 okay. We're coming back. We're coming back. Okay. Circle back. I understand being a cormorant might not be the best thing in the world. But what is Geralt's job? I mean, so Geralt's job essentially is to go around killing monsters to protect people. Yeah. And Geralt decides this guy who's been turned into a bird deserves his time and not the evil demon spider in the swamp that's killed eight peasants and is probably going to kill another one while he's dealing with the bird guy. Or the Striga, who is locked up in a castle somewhere eating a, a villager every fortnight, that deserves equal amount of attention to guy who became a bird. I mean, bird guy's not attacking people. No. Bird guy's, bird guy's living it up. Eating a lot of fish. He's protected from being hunted, probably. He probably I, doesn't even have to go... Like, how many fish is a cormorant eating? Not A cormorant is not eating as much food as a human. So, <laughs> so he's taking up... People feeding him takes up less resources than people feeding him as a human. He's probably not necessarily going hunting except for as a hobby. Which would be like, hey man, one summer... <laughs> one summer I spent as a cormorant, like, got really good at diving for fish. I didn't really, you know, I was just kind of doing it for sport. But I got pretty good at it. That'd be awesome story. Look on the... Okay, here's my point to this guy. Not necessarily focused on Geralt. This guy needs to look on the bright side of things. Okay. You have an opportunity that not many people do. That I would... Very, very few people do. Mm -hmm. I would say. Mm -hmm. Also, when he gets turned back into a human, he says... He kind of mourns the fact that he still has a taste for fish. And, and he's like, yeah, it sucks. And raw I fish. absolutely love fish. <laughs> How is that a bad thing? Well, it's a bad thing, Luke, because think of, okay, you're this guy and you go down to the docks and you're driven by this deep compulsion to eat fish. And you go to a fishmonger and you say, hey, man, uh, can I just go in, the, go in the back for a little bit? And he gives you this look that's like disgusted, but he has to let you back there. And he's like, yeah, fine. And then you go back there and you're just shoving, you're just stuffing your gob with little tiny minnows that are just wriggling around in there. And this fishmonger looks at you with this just disgusted look. Well, I think you manage it a little bit better. Imagine, okay, have a little bit of self-control. Maybe, you know, maybe it's tough right now because you have this huge urge. Just work on it a little bit. <laughs> Maybe just work sushi, on it. Go to a... Okay. <laughs> go to a... Imagine how good sushi is to this guy. Oh, this guy's never leaving. This guy's going into a sushi bar and never coming out of a sushi bar. It's just... If someone was like, hey, okay, I'm gonna do this spell to you. The only effect is that, you know, this current... This food that you don't really like that is very readily available to you, you're going to absolutely love it now. You're going to... It's going to be an absolute treat for you every time you eat it. And 
That's the extent of the spell. Yes, please. Yeah, okay. Okay. I mean, that's not what the spell was. Okay, he got the cormorant, but okay, he's he's complaining about this side effect after everything else has been solved. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. It just, I think it, I think it shows that he doesn't, he just complains about things that I would think was really cool. Yeah, okay, that's fair. That's fair. I will say that if you thought you were going to be turned into a bird forever, it probably would suck. It would probably be kind of bad. Fair. Like, if I, I got turned into a cormorant, and it was like, hey, you're going to be a cormorant for, you can be a cormorant for, like, two weeks. I'd be like, dope, this is going to be so sick. But if I got turned into a cormorant, and it was like, hey, you're a cormorant now, I'd be like, fuck. Forever? Mm, that's a long time to be a bird. I wouldn't be into it. I'd be like... You, you, okay, you don't know that. You don't know that, <laughs> okay, <man. that's, laughs> You know what? That's fair. And I think we should move on. Okay. Yeah, moving on. Uh Okay, we should we we were talking about the dining. I want to I want to go to something else that they ate in this section in this story. Geralt picks up Siri and she's really hungry and he's like, "Hey, I got these things in my pack. I've got I don't remember them exactly. I think he's like some, you know, some bread, some cheese, and some fat back." And Siri's like, uh, no thanks on the fat back, but I'll take the other things. And Geralt, like, has this little inner monologue where he's like, joke's on her, this is delicious, as he takes a huge bite of fat back. Fat back is basically bacon. It's just pig fat. There's no way he's heating this up, because they're eating it as, like, a trail snack. Geralt is just eating pig fat by itself as they're walking along down the trail. Like congealed, cold. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cold bacon, uncooked bacon. That sounds disgusting, Geralt. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. This is why people are weirded out by you. <laughs> it's not the eyes. It's not your appearance. It's your fucking weird dietary things, man. I get, like, I don't remember if this is in the book or the game. Geralt can't get diseases. Okay. Geralt is immune to, like, the plague and things like this. I think this is in the the video game. And it's not, like, a spoiler. It's not, like, revealed or anything. It's just, like, in the game. Okay. So, because of this, I'm assuming that Geralt just eats whatever he wants. Like, chicken bones out of the trash, uncooked meat, any, just anything that he wants. This is why people are weirded out by Geralt. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I don't know. I mean, kind of, kind of the same thing with the with the fish. If if you really like it, go for it. Mm. Um, but if you're if you're worried about people judging you, either you know way whether you're worried about that, or just like find a way to uh, minimize it. You know. Like, you shouldn't base your dietary restrictions on other people's judgment of you, no. is basically my point to no. Geralt. Yeah. But if you are going to feel self-conscious about it, take steps to accommodate that. You know, maybe exactly. get the raw fish sent to your room 
where you can just May, not... yeah stop offering children raw fat back. It's disgusting. <laughs> okay, that's a good point. Let's let's talk about the the dryads fighting prowess really quickly. Okay. Because um it was unclear to me whether they had some kind of magic enhancements. Mm-hmm. I didn't I'm going to I'm going to say they don't. Oh, because I didn't see much evidence of it. I thought that they definitely did. Because when Geralt is being led through the forest by the dryad who was a human but got kind of turned into a dryad, it's she was surprised he was able to keep up. Right, but I th- I thought that that was more because she was fit and used to running around in forests. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. knew the way and all that kind of thing. Okay, let's say that's it. But they also are incredible with bow and arrow. Like, incredible. This girl's 16, uh-huh. I think. Uh-huh. And it's it seems like it's pretty easy to get them to this level. Or at least it's... They normally when they have a new recruit to get them to this level. Very impressive training program they've got going on. I think this girl just stands out. Okay, you think she's like a star recruit? I think she's a star recruit because if they were that good, Geralt wouldn't have found this guy injured and been able to take him back and get him healed up. That's mm. that's sloppy work, in my opinion. You don't leave You don't leave an animal with an arrow in it. That's just going to bleed out. Okay. Sure. It's a I think that's deal. fair. Okay. Okay. Good point. Uh, um, we need to talk a little bit more, though, about the Dryad's weapon of choice. Dryad's weapon of choice, bow and arrow. Part of the Dryad philosophy, never hurt a tree. You're telling me Every single bow and arrow that these dryads have come from branches that just fell off of their own accord. And if that's the case, these are shitty arrows. These arrows suck. Mm -hmm. Come on. You know, you know, they're doing a little bit of uh, a little bit of woodcraft here. They've got a little wood shop deep underground. They've, they've got to be. There's no way. There's no way. Also, they have fires. Come on. Come on, guys. You can't love trees that much if your weapon is a bow and arrow. Right. I mean, maybe they're, maybe they're doing the whole, like, they're singing to trees, mm-hmm. requesting trees drop a healthy branch. A perfectly straight, yeah, healthy branch. We I mean, the point is we don't we don't know we don't know their process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, sure, maybe, maybe that's how they operate. I'm skeptical. Okay, yeah, there's a, there's not much transparency. I'll say that. No. Kind of like you don't want to see how the sausage is made. 
No, that's exactly what I want. I want to see how these arrows are made. Right. But okay, but point is there's there maybe they have this little arrow factory that that a couple unfortunate dryads are doing this and they're like really sad about it. All the other dryads are like I don't even want to know how these arrows are made. Ah, now I understand. I get it now. Yes. Yes. The arrows just appear and nobody questions it. No nobody questions it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think. And then like Silent Spring is going to be written in a few years. I don't think Silent Spring is the right book, but it's not. I think Silent Green maybe. One of those books <laughs> is going to be written in a few years. Going to be rough for them. Yeah, they're going to have a reckoning. Okay, something that I really liked about this story was how the Lady Eith... Is it Lady Eithne? Is that what we're going to go with? Yeah. Okay, Lady Eithne consistently called Geralt on his bullshit about destiny because Geralt is constantly saying, I don't believe in destiny, I think it's fake, it's all a hoax, and... Lady Eithne's like, no, you definitely believe in destiny. I know it. Stop pretending like you're better than everyone else. Literally everyone else believes in destiny. It's just you. Come on, dude. You definitely believe in destiny. And the reason we know Geralt believes in destiny is that stupid deal that he made in The Last Wish to get the kid. Come on! (laughs) <laughs> you don't just make that. You don't just say, oh, something unexpected is what I'll take from you. You don't just say that if you don't think it's going to actually come to something. You don't just say, like, ha, 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 this will be a funny joke. They'll think I'm super into Destiny or some shit. I'm totally not. <laughs> no, you say that because you think it's going to actually do something. You think there's some magic behind it. And... Lady Ithne was just not having it. Lady Ithne was like, dude, stop. You're not cool. Everybody, yeah. nobody buys it. Nobody believes you when you say you don't believe in destiny. Yeah. Okay. Good point. Yeah, he's... And in the next story, the next story is even more of the, like, he's like, you know, it's not no such thing as destiny. You need more than destiny. But he's still, before he knows that, spoiler, Siri is at this guy's house. He does this thing. It's like, dude, you just talking about, just talking about how you don't believe in this. Yeah. Come on, Geralt. Okay, yeah. Yeah, my only explanation for why he kept doing that was he, he like, wants it. He's, like, kind of testing it to see, like, is it real? You know, maybe. Or, like, sometimes he's gotten really lucky. (laughs) Right, like we were saying before, he does this every time somebody asks. He him. does. He does. He does favors for the the really poor, like farmer. And he's like, if I were to actually charge this farmer, he could only give me two gold pieces. Yeah, yeah, which is nothing. But I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, give me the unexpected thing, just in case, like his wife found a diamond in the backyard. In case this, and, and it's worked a couple of times. This is why this is why Geralt's poor all the time. I think he's he's chasing the lottery. Yeah. 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 He needs to stop buying lotto tickets, start putting money in his 401k. Just 
do the sensible thing for once, Geralt. Geralt. Speaking of doing the sensible thing, he, the, him, and he he gets out of this forest with Siri, and when they're when they're trying to get out, he's kind of lost, and he's like, "I'm gonna say, let's go this way." And Siri's like, "No, I think it's this way. I've got this feeling," which. He's like, okay, yeah, child, children of destiny sometimes have this feeling. First of all, fuck off, Geralt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she turns out to be right. And then they start, and then he's like, okay, let's go this way now. She's like, mm, I don't think that's the right way. I have a really bad feeling about it. He's like, shut, the, he's like, shut up, Siri. We're going this way. And they get, they get, <laughs> they get in trouble. What are you doing? You just, you moments ago, were proven that Siri has these feelings about what way to go. Just list, ugh. Geralt. <laughs> this is, again, this is coming back to Geralt as a frat star. Because Geralt's like, no, I know where I'm going. I'm not going to listen to this chick. Come on. I don't need directions. I don't need directions, okay? I've been to this bar like hundreds of times. We're going <laughs> this way. And Siri's like, uh, I think it's closed because it's a holiday. And there's, he's like, no, 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 no. She's like, Gerald, it's, uh, it's 1 a.m. And this is kind of a bad neighborhood. I'm not sure. That's right. Gerald's like, oh, no, we'll be fine. I've been here literally 10 times. <laughs> Okay, and then and then he has this interaction with the the druid from Mouse Sax, the Last Wish. I think is his name. What is it? Mouse Sax. <laughs> yeah. Also, that's not a joke. I thought it was a joke at first. No. I know his name is Mouse okay. Sax. His name is Mouse Sack. Um and he's he like really doesn't want to take Siri, even though Siri's like pretty cool is really clearly really loves Geralt. And then he does this whole thing. He's like, no, I'm not going to take her. I don't really believe in destiny. First of all, be honest about why you're not taking Siri. You just don't want a kid around. Yeah. Yeah. Stop you doing excuses. I, I feel like mouse sack might accept the explanation. If he's like, listen, the road is not great for children. Um, I just don't think that I'm up for it. I think that she might be worse off with me because of my own failings. Mm. Fair. I was like, okay, sure. That's great. Maybe she'll be better off at home. Yeah. But don't go out with this, I don't believe in destiny nonsense. That's horseshit. We all know it's horseshit. We all know you think it's horseshit. Come on, girl. Have some self-awareness, please. Absurd. Absurd. I also think it's crazy how quickly everyone is willing to give this kid away to Geralt. Everyone's like, no, please take this kid, Geralt. Please, please. And Geralt's like, I don't really want this kid. And everyone's like, no, you need this kid. Uh, <laughs> guys, maybe, maybe chill a little bit on the demanding Geralt take this child. Right. Right. I get you believe she's, in destiny, but here's she's the, pretty cool. She's very cool. 
Here's the paradox with Destiny. If it's supposed to happen, it's going to happen regardless of whether or not you force this kid on Geralt. So, maybe everyone should just fucking chill. Seriously. Like, the definition of Destiny is, it's going to happen. So... Well, okay, I will say, I I think... um... I don't think that's the case in this because I think there's there's stories of people like defying destiny and it going horribly for them. Okay, this is such bullshit because there is no such thing. If it's destiny, it happens. You can't you can't I think defy. They have a different definition no, of destiny. No, then. you can't defy destiny because you know what that is. Then it's not destiny. Okay. If you defy destiny, that was your destiny the whole time. The other thing was just not it. That's just not. I, oof, no, I, no, Dan. Ah, this is, I've made this point before. I've made this point now. Destiny versus fate. They're two different things. No! I know that I've made this point before, so I'm not going to belabor it. But, like, it's not destiny if you don't do it. It's not. (laughs) So everybody needs to just fucking chill. Okay, I, mm, I think you're, I think you're putting some of your, your thoughts on destiny into the book, and I don't, I don't know if it's fair, but uh, we'll, we'll agree to disagree. I'll agree okay, that you're let's... wrong. <laughs> oh, okay, no, here it is, here it is. We, I think, I think we're both right in this case, based on the ending of this story. Exactly, because. He ends up with her. Yeah. So destiny happens. Yes. Regardless. Yes. To your point. Uh huh. But if it if it if destiny has to force itself to happen, bad stuff happens to you. What do you mean if it has to force itself to happen? What does that mean? <laughs> okay. Th- okay. This this I agree with you on. That's a good point. You're swinging me. That doesn't. That means nothing. <laughs> destiny forces itself to happen what it's destiny it just happened like st- stupid okay okay everyone needs to stop forcing Geralt to take this kid because <laughs> it's clear that they don't believe in destiny because if you think you need right. to make it happen that's not destiny sure yeah I agree with you and I agree with you now okay let's Last story, which is more of a, which is more of a just like flashback session. Yeah, it's more of an acid trip than a uh, <laughs> real story. Right. So <clears throat> the first thing I want to talk about is this, is this party that we get. Mm-hmm. The bonfire party? With the Yennefer? bonfire party. I think it's, let's see, it's called Beltane. Mm-hmm. It's pretty sketchy stuff going on, going on at Beltane. E- uh, yeah, Luke? Sketchy as in okay. women being drug off into the woods by men kicking and screaming and quote unquote pretending to not like it. Beltane, uh, a lot of the, this was just mm, some of this. Some of this book doesn't hold up in modern society. Yes, yes, I agree. I'll leave. I'll leave it at that. Okay. Lo, okay. One other thing with the party. Yes. And this is this is uh, Geralt and Yennefer meet up, um, and it's they both. It seems like really want to be with each other. Yes, but neither of them can have kids. 
so yes. they can't. And I, th- I think it's more that Yennefer really wants kids. Mm-hmm. Like that's her, that's her biggest goal, it seems, mm-hmm. and she's, she can't do it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should adopt, Yennefer. Thank you. Tons of kids out there. So many. adopted. And it seems like that's all you need to be happy. Mm-hmm. Just freaking adopt some kids and you and Geralt can go live somewhere with some, with some poor kids. That Literally need, hundreds need of home. kids. Literally hundreds of kids that would be like, oh, I would be such a great kid. I would do anything you ask me to. Just give me, like, loving family. Give me, please, please. You, you have so much money. Yennefer, you have so much money. Please just take care of me. And Yennefer's like, I'm pretty arrogant, and I want this kid to be mine. <laughs> I'd like this kid to have all my situation with it. So, sorry, dying children in overcrowded orphanages, but you're not my kid. Like, they have babies you could take, too. Like, you don't have to take, like, a seven-year-old kid. You could probably find a baby nobody wanted and then just, like... Oh, easily. What's the difference? Honestly, what's the frickin' difference, Yennefer? You wouldn't know? Find a no. woman Find a woman that looks kind of like you that doesn't want a baby. Okay, here's, here's, here's the thing, though. Yennefer has violet eyes. How are you gonna find a baby with violet eyes, Dan? Guess what, Luke? You don't need to. She's a fucking sorceress. <laughs> Boom. Baby's got violet eyes now. Yeah. Done. Yennefer's being so... Here's the other crazy thing about this, Luke. Part of Yennefer's job, it sounds like, is performing abortions for wealthy women. All you've got to do, Yennefer's just got to be like, hey, you look kind of like me. I'll get... For free, just have the kid. I won't charge you anything i'll take the kid done yennefer's got like so many women constant like i'm sure a few of them look like yennefer you can't do some kind of you're a sorceress okay you're literally a sorceress just like inject some of your dna (laughs) you can get around this there are ways there are ways of fixing this problem, Yennefer. I think it's... It's absurd. <laughs> okay. Luke, the other absurd thing about this book that nobody wants to talk about, but I will. Geralt's got his sword on his back. How are you drawing that sword? He's got, like, a really long arm. <laughs> You're saying one of the Witcher modifications was extending out his right arm like twice as long so that he could reach back and draw his sword from his back without it without the tip of it catching in the scabbard yeah (laughs) you know what i wasn't expecting that that's gotta be it gotta be it because i'll tell you this in the game witcher's got his sword on his back how he gets his sword out of the sheath in the game He pulls it up halfway and then with his other hand grabs the blade and pulls it out the rest of the way. That's not a good move. That doesn't seem, that doesn't seem like it works out. You've either. Well, okay. Here's, 
it, let's we, this is going to take a little bit of math. Are we doing the math here? I don't think we're doing a ma- the math because I don't know the I don't know the right formulas for this. Okay. All I right. I think What's the if math? he has depends on the length of his sword, obviously. Okay. Depends on the length of his arm and it depends on how low how low on his back it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, so like t- is the is the is the hilt coming all the way up here? Okay, hold on. Luke, that would Luke look, has his Luke has his hand about by his ear. Because that that looks cool. Yeah. The higher the sword is, it looks cooler because it's way more visible. Mm-hmm. But you gotta have you gotta have the the hilt and the pommel down like under your shoulder. That looks worse, but you can pull it out a little bit easier. Okay. See, here's the thing, Luke. It says before he goes into combat, he tightens the belt, which means. He's bringing it up higher on his back, which goes completely contrary to your... Mm. Okay? So that means he's got... Okay. Hold on. I'm doing a little bit of, like... You're doing a little tricep extension I think I can get, like, two feet. Are Geralt's swords, like, really short? Maybe? Okay. We don't know how long his swords are. No, it does not say. Maybe. Does not specify. Geralt's got some, like, glorified daggers. That's the only way that this is working. That's also mm-hmm. why people aren't super intimidated by him, I think. That's why he still gets in fights with people, is because he pulls out one of his swords, and they're like, okay, come on. What is that? <laughs> that, or he's got one of those swords. You know you know how the, the, the plastic lightsabers? Oh, interesting, yes, yes. That have the little... You little, you kind of screw them in, and they and they scrunch back down, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then you swing them, and it extends back out. Uh huh. You're saying he's got maybe one of those. Maybe he's got a really interestingly crafted sword that can, which is like Gerald, just like for, just wear it on your hip like, like a normal, like everybody person. else does. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Or okay, he's could be some kind of magic. That's kind of a lazy answer. Uh, I don't like that answer. I like the idea of him basically having a dagger. Yeah, that's got to be it. Got to be it. Got to be it. Um, okay. Last thing that I have is he's he's coming back. Or Okay, we already talked about this scene. But a lot of these flashbacks... Um, well, all of them are like Siri. He doesn't believe in destiny, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Last scene, he finds Siri. They're all really emotional. In scene, it, I was kind of surprised by this. It got me a little bit. Yeah, I got a little emotional. It got me as well, actually, which I was not expecting. Yeah, I don't have that much on it. I was just. We've we've been we've been criticizing Geralt a little bit. This scene just I don't know I really well written. I thought it was very sweet. It's very touching. Very sweet. Very finally a reveal at the end of something that I actually care about. Mm. I'll say this: my immediate next thought was, "What's going to happen to that kid?" Because Geralt, Geralt, that's a pretty dangerous. Geralt, you can't go off into the bushes and make out with some lady 
and just leave your kid somewhere. And Geralt, you can't go fight a unicorn vampire and then just leave your... There's no daycare in this world, Geralt. Right. And bring your daughter to work day is no day for a witcher. Mm-mm. I, Siri's gonna need some... something. We're, well, Geralt's gonna have to go through a lifestyle change. Mm. Or he's gonna have to be like, listen, Yennefer, we're adopting this kid. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. I wouldn't want to adopt a kid with Yennefer. That would be... St- <sighs> Geralt needs right. Geralt needs somebody aside from Yennefer, but we've talked about this already before. Okay, I think this leads us uh, really well into thoughts on the book. I'm gonna okay. s- I'm gonna start. I like this book much more than The Last Wish, um, and the reason that I like this book more than The Last Wish, I think, is the complaint that I had with The Last Wish was that the characters, the thing with Yennefer, seems super rushed in that one, and this seemed to like give a little bit more depth to that relationship. I still don't think it makes a whole lot of sense, but it makes more sense the, like, deep connection that they have with each other. It doesn't seem nearly as rushed because there's a little bit more time spent on it. Um, I also really liked how there were hints to outside events, uh, especially at the last story, how we get a little bit more detail about other interactions that Geralt's had in the world and other stories that we have yet to hear about. Really like that. Really interested to kind of see what happens there if we read another one of these. Um, Yeah. Um, I think the writing was like about as good as the last one. Um, I just think it was the characters were developed much more. We We got a better sense of the characters, I think. Um, and I'm much more interested in the characters now than I was at the end of The Last Wish. Okay. I, I, I kind of don't know if I, I think I might be going the other direction. Ooh, okay. Because I was, I was more positive on The Last Wish than you were. And I think now you're more positive on Sword of Destiny than I am. Okay. Um, to your point about the Yennefer thing, mm-hmm. I I see what you mean about there being more time to develop that relationship a little bit more. I I just don't know if that time was used valuably, if that makes any sense. Uh-huh. As in, we've gotten more interactions with them, and we see much more about how much they care about each other mm-hmm. and how their their story is is basically the story like I, it seems like Geralt and Yennefer their relationship is the story kind of yeah it's yeah one of the main parts of it but i just still i the issue is i still don't know why they like each other and i and i think with at this point there should be I I should have more of a sense as to why they're good for each other, mm. and I currently don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say I really like the series storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, the ending was really good for me, uh, and and I and I liked how that turned out. 
and I'm definitely more intrigued into into following that a little bit more. Um, let's see. I think that this might be part part of my reason for not quite liking this one as much as maybe you did is the the story that we talked about the the like fish mermaid story. We talked about it a lot. I didn't really like that story. I had a lot of qualms with it. Um, which might not necessarily be a great reason for me to criticize the whole book, but I mean, the book was I made up of, of six stories. Story. So if you didn't like one of them, that's a <laughs> right. six of the book you didn't really care for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think, I don't know. This one, this one felt much more serious. If that makes any sense. Like a lot of it was much yes. more intense and and epic, or epic's probably not the right word, but it was definitely sadder. It was way sadder, I think, than the yeah. last wish. The last wish, I think, had a bunch of stories that were like kind of fun mm-hmm. and interesting, and that's how I viewed it. Yeah, this one, I think, is a little bit different, and there are parts of it that I really liked. Um. But I think my issue is that I have a hard time doing serious destiny-related stories in a short story format. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe I would love the actual the actual series because it seems like it might get more intense and have more time with certain things. But I had a lot more trouble with the format in this book than I did in the last wish i will say i bought the witcher 3 and i'm gonna start playing it <laughs> love it i'll probably keep up with uh, the first one so we'll probably be in the middle Ooh. that's how that's how we're gonna do it that's yeah it works okay so we have finished we have finished our series on the witcher we're gonna we're gonna move on to the next book we are going back to Back to the Hyperion universe. We covered Hyperion, the first book in the series by Dan Simmons, on an early an early series of ours. The next book we're going to do, what's it called, Dan? The Fall of Hyperion. It's the, the Fall second of Hyperion. One. That's book two, mm-hmm. and it's largely considered that Hyperion and the Fall of Hyperion make up a contained unit because Hyperion ends on a pretty big cliffhanger mm-hmm. so hopefully we'll get some resolution about you know the shrike and uh and all that stuff so right. if you haven't listened you haven't... to our hyperion episodes check those out check out hyperion get psyched for the fall of hyperion because we're gonna be coming at you with hot takes we're definitely gonna be acting like dumb nerds. 